I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I went to like five different primary schools. There was a lot of like kind of racist comments made towards me for like my accent. And so I was really against speaking Spanish for ages because I just wanted to be blonde haired and blue eyes like mm. everybody else. Um, like you'd be surprised by how many young kids would tell me to go back to my country. Hello and welcome to A Life in Dublin. I'm your host Mark and with your permission we'd love this podcast to be your digital companion for the next little bit at least. Cubana is a Cuban-Irish musician whose talent is making waves in the music industry in Ireland. We chat about her upbringing here in Dublin city centre, how she found her way into a music career, starting a soul and jazz music night here in Dublin called Soul Juice, and what lies in store for her future. She was kind enough to share her new single Shrink with us, which you can hear at the end of our conversation. Shrink will be officially released on Spotify 24 hours after the release of this episode of the podcast. Thank you so much for listening, commenting, sharing, and the words of encouragement you're sending us as I put out these episodes. This podcast has a small but growing community of listeners, and the reason it's growing is because of all of you who have shared it with a friend, sent us feedback, rated it, reviewed it, or even followed it on whatever platform you're listening to us on. Incredibly grateful, and thank you so much for sticking with us. But now, here's myself and Almost Conversation with Cubana. I just saw it on Instagram because I followed you from I don't know when COVID happened I moved to Ireland and you popped up on the Facebook like ah nice I'll follow that sounds good because you were posting about the gig in Phoenix Park you were bringing a couple of musicians over and doing a bunch of nice stuff there and I just popped over to see oh cool that was such a fun gig I remember that so well it was my first ever gig um yeah it was with Grupa yeah Grupa was setting it up um and it was just out in the playing fields Nice. Phoenix Park. It was lovely. I actually didn't have any original music out at that point. It was um, purely just covers. All I had was actually Valerie by Amy Winehouse to sing and on oh, and on. Nice. I heard That's about the one you. that I first saw on the Instagram. Yeah. 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 That feels like years ago. It is years ago. Is it? Yeah. COVID. When, when, when was that? You said COVID, but I mean, COVID was, was two years or whatever. In one of the first open lockdowns where we could expand a little bit the circles I think mm-hmm. it was about that time okay so maybe yeah. 2020 summer or, or 2020 maybe summer 2021 or even 2020 summer yeah probably 2020 and you had no original music at this point and look where we are now yeah it's crazy I have like like a plethora of just unreleased stuff waiting to be released <laughs> amazing <laughs> very exciting yeah um <laughs> What is, oh, we're gonna, we're, we want to hopefully get to know you a little bit better in this as well, like a, as a person and then also as a musician. Um, you're Cuban-Irish. Yeah. <laughs> Love that mix. Thank you. <laughs> From following on, on Instagram, I think your dad is, is Cuban. Both uh, my both parents, your parents are Cuban. Are Cuban. Um, my whole family is actually Cuban. Oh. Uh, I don't have any Irish blood, although I still feel very Irish. Um, yeah. So yeah, they have a mad story. Their story is way more interesting than me, mine. Uh, but they came to Ireland. They first went went to Spain, 
and then uh, came to Ireland as refugees. Mm. Um, and then they built their careers from there, and I was born in Dublin 1. So you were born, you, you've grown up here, yeah. you've... I imagine you, you spend some time back in Cuba at times, you go back for summers or whatever it might be, or holidays and visiting family. Yeah, so I um, used to go every year for like three, four months, um, and then I'd spend a couple of months doing a bit of school there as well. Oh, wow. Um, and yeah, I spent a lot of time there until I was like 13, 14, because I was like, no, mom, all my friends are here. I want to stay here, which I so regret now because I haven't been back since like 2017, I think. Mm. Uh, I went for like three weeks and I miss it so, so much. I feel like it's still my home. You know, I have like two homes. What do you miss about it? What's the, is, um, is it the beach? Is it the food? Is it, what is it exactly that you miss? It's my family. Ah. I miss my family so much. Um, yeah, all my family is there. Like my nanny, who's like my second mom. She used to fly over from Cuba all the time to take care of me because my mom was, uh, my parents split up when I was very young. So she came over to help my mom while she was studying. Um, and then my granddad and just everybody. Like, we live on a big farm in a place called Cienfuegos. It's a place called Waos. And we have, like, a running joke in Cuba. It's like, wow, because you don't even, like, see it on the map. Like, you don't oh, even really? know it exists. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there's no internet. There's nothing. It's just being in the sun in a field, getting a pickup truck every morning to go to the beach. It's, like, 20 minutes away. It's gorgeous. At home, was there, was there much music at home? Yeah, all the time. It's such a huge part of like um, Irish culture as well, actually, I think. But like Cuban culture, it's like if you can't dance, you're pretty much disowned. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> Definitely not the same here. <laughs> it's probably the other way around. <laughs> yeah, I love it so much. Um, but yeah, a lot of, lot of music growing up. Um, in When I was living in North Frederick Street, um, my parents didn't have much money um and the legion of mary which is like a church from across the road from the flats they uh donated like a keyboard and a spanish guitar and so my mom used to sing and play in her boarding school growing up so um we had these like big massive like stereo speaker things that we got donated as well and my dad used to play like a lot of like Bob Marley, Brian Adams, Amy Winehouse. And there's like loads of videos in like this camcorder that we had. I'm actually getting burnt, the, the mall burnt onto USB uh, for my music video that's coming out. So. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> With the old school nostalgia look and everything. 100%, yeah. yeah. Vintage, it's all, it's all in rage. It's, all, it's yeah. all coming back. We love a rustic era. Yes, absolutely. Um, I imagine you spoke Spanish at home with your with your folks and with your family. Yeah. Um, was it difficult? I mean, I know Alma, you had this as well, being uh, from a bilingual bilingual Where family. Where did you grow up, actually? Spain. In Spain. Yeah. Okay. Entonces habla español. Perfectamente. Oh. Habla español. Todo el español también. Todo el mundo habla español. Sí, sí. Bueno, todo. Ya, ya lo hacemos en español, ¿no? Sí. We just lose all. All of our audience. <laughs> <laughs> all just switched off. Yeah. Rebrand. Ahora vida en Dublín. Yeah. Well, obviously, I don't speak it like you guys, but I, I can uh, I can understand. I can speak a little bit. But That's all you need. Um, was that difficult? Uh, kind of adapting to English outside, Spanish inside? Oh, what do you mean by that? Like, outside the house with yeah. all your mates when you were younger. It would have been through English. Mm -hmm. And then at home switching, or it was just because you're a kid, it was normal and you never even had to make an effort. Yeah, so I used to, uh, my mom has, has I, I actually think, wait, one second, I need to like compose my thoughts. <laughs> so my mom used to always say I spoke Spanglish, and I still do, I speak very much Spanglish, um, which I think leaks onto my music a lot. Like, mm -hmm. um, I remember starting off my music people would be like why won't you just sing in English or sing in Spanish I'm like because that's not real to me yeah. I love mm. this whole Spanglish vibe um, yeah. so that's kind of how I like got through uh, being a kid and stuff and like I'd speak Spanglish at home but because you know I grew up in um, I went to like five different primary schools 
um, and in town and a lot of them were from like lower socioeconomic kind of areas so they're not very well educated and so there was a lot of like kind of racist comments made towards me for like my accent and so I was really against speaking Spanish for ages because I just wanted to be blonde haired and blue eyes like mm. everybody else Um, like you'd be surprised by how many young kids would tell me to go back to my country which again is like just product of like not being educated and from their upbringing from their parents it's not their fault um but yeah that was the only bit that was hard which for me. is a very like rational and kind of mature opinion to have of it now but at the time that must have been really hard yeah it was really hard i remember not wanting to be to look the way i did and not being like oh pity me like it just is no. what it is you know yeah <laughs> um and probably has influenced you to to a certain extent that you don't even realize maybe Ooh. now but um I'm sure it has an effect on, on like the kind of pride you have on your culture and, and these types of things. Yeah. Um, there's something I'm curious about, right? I'm listening to different artists around uh, Dublin, different, like we have some people come in at, at the at Life in Dublin shows, etc. Or just if you're in a bar or you see people that you you know follow on Instagram or something doing a gig. Um, and something I'm curious about that I'm trying to learn a little bit more about is the having a song and you know singing it composing it whatever and then producing that song mm. and sometimes what i see is um and this is no comment on on anyone or anything but just something i've noticed right is that a song played acoustically sometimes then let's say transcribed over to you know a produced song that's on spotify or whatever is a totally different song <laughs> A hundred percent, yeah. I'm not saying that's a good thing or a bad thing. It's just different. It's just different. Yeah. Um, what is your process for recording music? Mm. Ooh. Well, it's been something that I've been trying to figure out uh, as of late. Like, I think when I started uh, writing music, I'd kind of just, I was so just willing to work with anybody that was even similar to my sound, right? Or, you know, so my songs, even though I wanted them to sound a certain way, they ended up sounding different, but it was still good. Like it was still, it was still of good quality, you know? And I still really enjoy listening to Truth and Desire and my EP Rise Above. Like I love all of them Um, and even Shrink as well. Um, but now I'm trying to really think about what my sound is and I know what I want to sound like Mm. um, and I know where what I need to do to make my ideas actually flourish into the thing I envision it to be yeah Um, that's really hard though big time it's so hard because you need the right people and I found that it's really hard to find people in the soul scene in Dublin in London it was quite easy but at the same time, it was really expensive. And people in Ireland and in Dublin, I think, are really, really willing to help out if they see your vision. Um, so that's something that I'm still trying to figure out now. So I don't really have an answer for you. No, but there probably is no. Maybe in, in 20 years' time, when you're, you're looking at the artists or the music that you're recording then, you might not have a process either. It might just be something that kind of changes constantly. It's so chaotic, though. Like, I feel like whenever I write a song, I was in with a producer called A Thousand Beasts in Cork the other day and uh, he showed me a beat and I was like I really like this um, so I just like whipped out my my notepad and I had like these like poems that I had written and then I was like try- I made up a melody in my head to the beat and then tried to fit in words to the melody uh, while still going with the storyline of how I thought the instrument, what the instrumental was trying to portray as a story. And visually, I try to, every time I write a song, I try to visually imagine what it would look like in a music video. And that helps me write the song as well. That's I was amazing. just going to ask that. Like, yeah. Do you see the music video as you're imagining the song as well? Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. There's a lot happening. You know, it, while listening to that beat, you've got like different tracks in your head being at the video mm-hmm. the um, the story of the sound the instruments that's yeah. that's quite amazing uh, but yeah as you say i imagine finding that right person that right producer that 
right band, whatever it might be. Uh, I, it's like anything, uh, doing anything. If you're, I always say that a musician is actually, you're starting a business. Oh, 100%. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, I realized that when we talked to Quida Barra, uh, or yeah, last year at some point, and she just said, yeah, then I had to register the business. And I was like, hang on a second. What do you mean you had to, or what do you mean you have to register a business? Like, well, you, as a musician, you have to like, you know, pay tax and all the rest of it. So you have to actually register yourself. I have to do that today, actually. Um, I just got told really. by my managers uh, to register as a sole trader. Obviously. Yeah. <laughs> look crazy. at that. We can give you some advice on that sort of stuff afterwards if you want. But, Please. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's crazy. And then just like a business, having the right people around you is crucial, especially when you're starting off. Yeah. something creative like this that's not a set in stone process but mm-hmm. it's a lot more in the air you need to trust the people you're working with a lot more yeah you never know what their vision is compared to yours well that's it like i found like even though i've only released my first single in october and i am very a very very small artist compared to a lot of uh people in the scene um in the music scene right now there's been times where I've had to like split with people because our visions just don't align Mm. and it's really hard to and it's a lot of instability um for a long time and I don't know if that will ever change to be honest because as you grow your vision your vision also grows and changes and who's to say that the people around you at that time that share the same vision as you will share the same vision in five years Mm. what sparks the vision is it something that you just like sit by yourself for a while and you think about where you want to go think about who you want to what kind of music you want to create or is it something that is inspired by something else mm. um i think it's inspired by whenever i do gigs and i get that feeling from like people um are like coming up to me afterwards and being like you know I got my first fan there the other day and they were messaging me saying that they love my music and um, a couple of people doing that and it just inspires me to want to connect with more people because um, I have a half-sister but I kind of grew up as an only child. Uh, I think I was a passport baby to be honest. (laughs) So I didn't, there was no more of me uh, but one thing that I wish I had was like a huge family because uh, I'm a very family orientated person um, and I really just want to connect with more people and connect to the masses and just like go worldwide and that really inspires me amazing yeah yeah what Ireland's not big enough no <laughs> uh, that's the truth whether you mm. keep hearing that from all the artists we get it's like Ireland is class but it's not big enough well it's not really big enough even if you wanted it has a um, excuse me, just even in terms of like the internet, right? You, you want to have anything that like takes off, like say for example, you want to have a really popular song on Spotify. To be a really popular song, you need thousands and thousands of plays. There's not even that quantity of people in Ireland. Like that has to be coming <laughs> from other countries. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's the same for any, you know, big or like really big businesses that will move from they might they might go to London. They might go to the States. Yeah. Like the like the really, you know, successful people like the Collison brothers who started Stripe, which is a company. But as soon as they were like, as soon as somebody realized that they had something really really great, they were like, "You guys need to get out of," mm-hmm. which is normal. Um, that's just part of the process. But I think yeah, you kind of have to have that vision for more, ins- which is kind of perfect for you because you're. Yeah. Uh, what do you call yourself a passport baby but yeah. you're this you're an international person almost yeah. you're born bigger than the parameters of Ireland in the first place yeah you said you spent some time in London I did yes um um I spent a year in London um and I really really loved it but just to go back on that point I was just thinking like I think my dream would be to go international um and expand more to the Spanish market. Um, I think that's something that I'm kind of finding like a little roadblock at the moment. That I, I have a lot of music coming up that is very, very Spanglish. So I'm trying to like for, figure out a way that I can push my music to them in a country that's like so very not Spanish. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, but I'd like to eventually have my own house 
uh, by the beachside in Ireland because I do love Ireland. So yeah, well, yeah. that's amazing because I was actually going to, I, I realised <laughs> when, when I was saying that, I was like, actually, you can be famous internationally, but you're not allowed to leave here, okay? <laughs> <laughs> you always have to, to come back and call yourself Irish. That, that's uh, obligatory. <laughs> yeah. Every time you leave Ireland, though, like, everybody complains, but every time you leave, everybody misses this Ireland is, so like, much. It's the same thing. Like, yeah. everywhere else, and you're like, oh, I miss in the street in summer in Dublin and having There's something about it like <laughs> you can't beat it yeah. uh, hardcore steps and all that <laughs> yeah and I think it's the nature as well and, and, and stuff like that there's kind of a weird tranquility and something about mm. nature in Ireland that's like just very peaceful um, but yeah I, I think that's that's a cool ambition that you have mm-hmm. and, and you're, you were telling me almost there about your year in London yes so I um, I finished my degree in psychology um, I studied down in NCI um, and I was speaking about doing a master's and a PhD in psych- neuropsychology and neuroscience with brain injury brain. patients Wow! Um, and it was like a topic that I was really interested in but it was like another four years in Maynooth and I was like if I don't do music now I'm going to kick myself yeah. um, and I think it was a bit of like a commitment scare so like the next I think in the next two weeks, I literally packed my bags and I went to London. Wow. Yeah, um, yeah so... You just went for it. I just went for it. I spent a lot of years studying psychology because one of my family members was really mentally ill. Mm. And so I had to kind of take the caregiving role for a while. So I never really thought of myself. I just thought of like psychology as a stable career so I can, you know, support the family. And that's what I have to do for the rest of my life. And that's it. But then that person got better again. And I waited like a year to like see how they were doing if they were actually okay um but then they were and I was like you know what I can't do another four years of psychology I want to do what I want to do this time and so I went to southeast London in Deptford which is my favorite place in the world Mm. I love it so so much it's uh the hub for soul and jazz music oh cool nice uh that's I moved by myself so um uh, that, that's how I made it, all my friends. I went to all the soul and jazz open mic nights. Um, Amazing. Very special. Yeah. Yeah, we were just thinking, talking about that uh, last night with uh, Ewan, a um, musician that moved here. He's an Australian guy. Mm. And, you know, the whole thing of meeting people when you move to a new place. Yeah. Uh, with a lot of musicians, it's, it is mu- that's how you meet people. It's through music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, definitely. I think, um, actually, Annette, my manager, was saying it to me um, that I kind of... It seems like I just make music my home. So anywhere that I go, music is always just like the integral part that keeps everything together. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I don't know if it wasn't for meeting my friends like Nia and Aaliyah um, at the open mic nights. I don't think I, I would have stayed there that long. But um, I was only there. I only moved back to Ireland because I broke my ankle skateboarding. Oh, there you go. Uh, on vacation as well with a broken leg I did yeah I went to the hilliest part of Greece on a crutch and an electric wheelchair the lady from Men in Arm was saying I was like I'm not gonna let this ankle stop me from living it was a bit ridiculous so we had to go down a cave that was like down a hundred steps um, so I was like nah we'll just take the boat so we rented a boat and like it was cheap but it wasn't like anything fancy Um and then I had someone like carry me through the rock so I could like sit down <laughs> on the stool for like the whole night just getting yeah. cocktails brought to me. <laughs> well, not, not bad. Though. That sounds like a holiday to me. Yeah. I was a nuisance. That's what I was. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's interesting though what you said about the psychology thing. I kind of yeah. had, I studied psychology as well. Did you? And I do think you come to a point where it's, whatever about like going after music or anything but to study to really like become a clinical psychologist or whatever you want to be it's a huge undertaking like oh. you have to be super serious about it and if you're not obviously it's costly as well it costs a lot of money mm-hmm. um and you're going to be poor for like seven or eight years the internships before. are so awful yeah you paid like yeah um so anyway i think it's cool that you made that decision yeah um but quite scary as well yeah it was yeah it it was very scary um I don't know I guess it was just a thing of like I don't know I was just think I, I have a motto for myself that you know if you feel feel the fear 
and just do it anyways mm. because there's so many things that I kind of missed out on in life trying to be a caregiver that um like and I would do it a hundred times again like I don't care I'll do anything for my family but um I just don't want to miss out on other things in life now you know like I'm 25 and I feel like I'm arriving to the music scene a little bit late which you know is a controversial opinion um you can enter the music scene whenever you want and it can work out but um I do feel like I was doing a little bit of catch-up so really yeah I uh do take every opportunity and if it's scary um I'm like yeah this is getting me out of my comfort zone this is good um but also like bringing it back to the point of like doing psychology and having to make that decision I totally agree with you like you're you have to be 100% in if you want to be a psychologist like you're dealing with people's lives yeah you can't just do it for the crack you know no no definitely not I don't think there's much crack involved in it to not be really no there's so many hours and then yeah I don't know I just think it's like being a doctor it's such responsibility yeah and I wasn't ready to take that on I couldn't be responsible for someone else's mental health sure I didn't even know how to take care of my own I've yeah totally agree I think we're all still learning and figuring that out I think that's a part of the journey of life you have to kind of learn for yourself because what what might work for me might not work for you or for for Almo I think you all have to kind of everyone's a bit different exactly but you came back from London then because of the broken ankle eventually yeah Um, and is that did you try and recreate some of that kind of soul jazz nights by essentially creating it yourself then yeah and was that the origin of the the soul juice night yeah, so how I came about uh, Soul Juice, which is a jazz, soul fusion, improv jam night with a few showcases. Um, how I came about that was when I got the ferry back to Dublin after surgery. Um, I was stuck in my room for like three months writing and just trying to make use of my time and I thought I'm such a dramatic person I'm just gonna put it out there I'm very dramatic (laughs) I always think the worst I was like my music career is over I'm never gonna be able to perform so I might as well just like live vicariously through everybody else and like start a night (laughs) so dramatic like I was gonna be better in three months like (laughs) Uh, oh yeah oh 100% I was in my bed I was in my bed for like what most of the day and didn't leave the house for days you know I'd like cry to my mom to like bring me around in the car just so I could like see see the outside world world, you know um but yeah so I started Soul Juice for that reason um and uh yeah it's just been completely influenced by my time in London because I missed London every single day and I was like why how can I recreate that feeling of like community in soul and jazz that I feel is really lacking in Dublin um by getting people just together to jam yeah you know Mm. have you ever thought about as well and this is just putting it out there but doing some type I'm not sure if there's like an Ireland soul jazz kind of podcast community um, that'd be cool yeah why not like um, because it's sometimes it's hard to understand people don't necessarily understand that type of music like when it gets all kind of really improv and jazz yeah. jazz goes full jazz <laughs> it's like sometimes you can be there like oh my god what the hell is happening here overstimulation yeah exactly <laughs> And I think for people to talk about that and explain it through might actually be something interesting to listen wow. to. I actually, that's a good idea. I never thought about that before because I want to make Soul Juice. Like right now it's a jam night, but I want to make it into something bigger. Um, and I want to build it into more of like a collective or like a community, like doing like different things. So like a podcast could be cool. I'm not very good at like, it's, like I wouldn't be as good as like certain conversations as you, as you would be I, I kind of sort over my words a lot and stuff so. I don't think so uh thank you <laughs> but uh yeah I'd have to like brush up on my podcasting skills if I, <laughs> I, to do something. I don't know if the questions, questions aren't just the comic relief here maybe that's what I need just calls me old middle man when he's not here it feels weird I'm like oh, there's no one around to like it's also quite traumatic yeah. That's like me when I'm without my band. I had to do a few gigs with just tracks. And I was like, where are my friends? <laughs> you know, and then you feel yeah. so naked. Yeah. <laughs> 
A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. <laughs> <laughs> what is the, like, you said, Sometimes you have to change your vision and stuff like that, and mm-hmm. that happens where you, some groups or whatever might come and go. Going forward, like for gigs in the future, do you know who you'll be playing with, or is that up in the air, or what's the story there? Do I know who I'll be playing with? I don't know. I wish. I hope. Mm. <laughs> I have loads of ideas. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know if they'll happen. I'm just trying to take everything as it comes. I know for sure that I want Soul Juice to grow. I'd hopefully want uh, Soul Juice to have its own festival slot. Um, nice. Yeah, so we could have like a jam session at a festival. Um, yeah, have potentially years down the line have it as a label I'd love to start my own label some someday because I just I'm such a fan of all of the talent in Ireland and I it's really want to champion it like not just Cubana like I want to like help myself but also like give a platform for other people and be able to invest in other artists I think that's so cool yeah absolutely it's it would be amazing um, I also listened, when kind of going back to the whole Spanglish thing, and yeah. I listened to a podcast the other day um, with Rick Rubin. I don't know if you know Rick Rubin, mm-hmm. the producer. Yeah. Um, and he was interviewing Rosalia. Ooh, um, Rosalia. Yeah. Um, yeah, you should listen to the podcast. It's really interesting. Yeah. And she talks about her, her background in flamenco and mm. how that influenced certain albums and they talk about the production of the albums. Obviously, Rick Rubin being pretty much the most famous music producer in the world. Um, yeah, it's fascinating, but what struck me is because Monica, who you met before, you know, you came in, it's from Barcelona, so she introduced me to Rosalia. I didn't realize Rosalia because I don't listen to that type of music all the time. Um, Monica will have it on sometimes, but I didn't realize she was so famous. Yeah. She's so everywhere. famous. And that kind of Latin, like it's very popular, whether it's the United States or South America, it's very international these days. Yeah, it's really cool. Actually, did you know Rosalia was on, I think she was on some sort of like talent show, I think it was like some version of X Factor anyways. And they all laughed at her because they were Mm -hmm. like, what are you doing? Like you can't sing. But she was just not singing in the style that suited her voice. Mm. So then she went back and then she got a place in the Flamenco College, I think. I, I was watching a lot of videos on her. Um, and then she developed herself as an artist that way. But just goes to show, like, you know, there's always ways around you achieving your dream. Like, she was singing poorly. I mean, like, the audition wasn't great. But it was not because she was a bad singer. It was because she didn't find her style yet you know Mm. I thought that was so inspiring and that really motivated me to be like okay like how can I make myself sound the best that I can yeah Um, and for me it was going that kind of like Latino slash like you know Spanglish Spanglish yeah Spanglish route which um, I haven't really I've done it in Truth and Desire but I have like maybe like four or five tracks waiting to be released that are very like that. So. Good, because I really liked it when I was listening to it. Yeah. Um, and it's, especially coming from someone that's fr- from here, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that's really cool. You know, yeah. it's different as well, yeah. um, which which I loved. I thought that was really, really cool. You can say anything in Spanish, though, and it's good. You can say plátano. <laughs> Play guitar in the background. Plátano, plátano, plátano. Yeah, pretty much. You're single. <laughs> You're single. <laughs> Bananas. <laughs> When did you first realize you could sing? Ooh, there's um, videos of me as like 
literally three years old with my mom's Spanish guitar, making up songs and um, like videos of me with the keyboard. And it would like play, you know, the old keyboards that you could like have different settings and they'd play full tunes for you. Mm. And I was like looking back at the videos a couple of days ago and I was improving over that. And they'd actually, for like a three year old, it actually sounded really good. Uh, so I think I didn't really realize it back then, but I always had it in me. Um, and then I did uh, dancing for 10 years and I was in kind of like theater doing a bit of acting in school. Um, and I was kind of not always casted as the main role, but like, you know, always seen to be you know, quite good at what I was doing. Um, but I didn't really realize it then. I was just a kid being like, yeah, yeah, I get to wear the cool outfit and be at the front of the stage. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um, I realized when I could really sing was, when I realized that I could actually sing was when I came back to music after like a long period of like not doing it because I got, I got a bit bullied in school for doing it. Now, granted, like what I did was quite cringy, so I get it. I get why I was being bullied. Uh, I was the biggest emo scene queen that there was going. Amazing. Uh, with like the chains and like the emo hair that was like this. I was, called myself Ellie Pokemon Outcry. Like, come on. Like. <laughs> <laughs> it was so bad. We all have those moments. We've all, that, we've all been there. Granted, that's pretty extreme. But very extreme. I remember I, my first email address was weapons of no destruction. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, I applied for a job with that email when I was like 16. And then I got an email back on, are you seriously applying for a job with that email address? <laughs> I love that. Well, that was basically me. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, because I kind of got like dissed for doing music. I was like, okay, I'm not going to do it anymore. I'm going to be cool, you know? Um, and then just because COVID hit, I actually just started singing again because of COVID. Wow. Because um, I forgot. I was actually dating a guy who was studying to be a sound engineer and I was doing psychology and then we like kind of switched careers. No way. Because he would hear me sing all the time. And I used to get really, I wouldn't get jealous if he was ever hanging out with girls. But like, if he was going to the studio without me, I'd be like, well, why are you going to the studio and not hanging out with me? And then I realized it's because I wanted to be in the studio. Yeah, um, yeah. And so he bought me like a little singer starter pack, the usual like scarlet thing for Christmas. And I think I cried for like, I'm not even joking, like 20 minutes. I was so happy. Right. Um, and I just started posting covers and the it was received really well. So I was like, oh. I'm actually okay. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Better than okay. Um, what's the immediate future then? You've got Shrink coming out on Friday, yeah. which is tomorrow. So this is going to be released Thursday. Okay. Um, it's really I can't even remember what day today is today. But yeah. uh, it's this is coming Friday that it's going to be released, right? Friday midnight, yeah. Friday at midnight. Yeah, so like Thursday. Uh, I always get really confused about these things. Thursday night? Or Friday early, early. Friday early, early. There we go. You know, so, once it becomes yeah. Friday, it's out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Once it becomes Friday. Once it becomes we Friday. The timeline in our head is always like, if the sun sets here, then the music is coming out here, and then it's daytime. Again. Yeah, well, that's it, because you have to like put it in Distro Kid to say what time you want it to come out, and I'm there like doing like the algebra out of my head. I'm like, uh, anyways, yeah. yeah. So. Okay, I, I'm really looking forward to that. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so it's gonna be obviously out on Spotify. We can yes. check it out there. Mm -hmm. um, I've anything else that we can. You've got a music video coming out. You don't know when, maybe, but you're gonna produce it at some point over the next month. Yes. So yeah, my single shrink is coming out on Spotify on Friday, uh, and I'm having a shrink release party slash soul juice summer jam. We've recently moved up to the sugar club hey. so oh, wow. yeah we nice used to venue. do in dashi which is beautiful venue but now we've moved on to uh the sugar club uh so yeah we have a full pack line there so just bring your breakables um and tickets are only a tenner in i used to do the the soul juices for free but the reason i had to stop was because i was literally paying out 400 quid from my pocket and i that's not sustainable either like and i want to actually pay my artists that are playing because we have a few showcases like uh i want to pay them something you know i feel yeah. like as artists i don't like when i'm not being paid yeah yeah, yeah. No. i don't want to give out the same so anyways 
So that's on Thursday, the 6th. Um, and yeah, then I have a music video that I'm working with an amazing, amazing director. His name's Andy Asko. And we have so many really cool ideas. Um, and you'll see, you'll kind of get hints of it on the night at the Sugar Club of what it's going to be about. So Okay, very cool. Yeah. yeah. And just with the video production, is that you bringing ideas to him it's a collaboration or because remember you said you had the vision for a song and it kind of comes together all all in one so with the song shrink for example is that when you were writing that you had the idea for the video already in your head i kind of did have an idea for the video yeah um but then um i had a chat with another director and they are amazing but i think just it didn't work out and I think sometimes things don't work out for a reason uh, and then I bumped into Andy at uh, one of the nights uh, that I was playing at and he was like yeah I'm down and then we sat down and it's just like our ideas just matched like it was just like very synchronized mm-hmm. so it's completely a collaboration mm-hmm. um, because his ideas that he's brought to the table are just as valuable as my ideas yeah 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 you're a very creative person. Yes. Um, <laughs> I'd like to think so. <laughs> <laughs> How do you manage that? Because there's different forms of creativity and people manage it in different ways. I've heard some people say that something will come to me and I'm not going to sleep until I've fully worked it out, which could be mm-hmm. 48 hours of pure work and then in bed asleep for the next three days. Um, or are you more disciplined in the sense that I get up at this time I write between this time and this time, and that's it every day, no matter what. You know, it's 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 mm. it's really interesting. People's different. <laughs> <the> first time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like, mm, I'm not that good. Uh, I am very sporadic. When it co- I'm trying to manage myself better now, think because um, I I think people don't realize how much of being a musician is like you said it's like owning your own business so you have to be really disciplined and I have to tell myself well if I'm staying up till two o'clock in the morning I don't care I have to get up at eight o'clock in the morning uh yeah two o'clock in the morning I'm gonna get up at eight o'clock in the morning the next day or the same day um and that's like a non-negotiable for me so I kind of do miss out on sleep um I I always keep one day where I'm just like doing absolutely nothing though and just to like sleep and make my neurons just like synchronize again because like I will spend like you said like three days just like isolating myself and just like getting out ideas right now I'm I've just kind of gotten over it but I had like three studio sessions in one week and I wrote like three or four different kind of songs or demos or ideas that I'm really happy about but I can't control that um, yeah. So when I do get that flow of creativity, I'm like, I need to let it out. I need to let it out because I don't know when I'm going to get it again. And I think a lot of artists actually feel that way too, right? Yeah, it's it's what you know, it's the muse, right? It's that idea of the muse, and when it's there, you kind of have to listen to it. And yeah, I, I understand it. I think the whole idea of it's about everybody's different. Like we had other musicians in here, and they had to kind of have that discipline. And, and mm. like you said, they were like, we, this is treated as a job, so they treat it like a job, but. Then I've heard other people who have that, you know, the, the waves of creative energy. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm, I'm not as creative as uh, like you or any of these people, but I can also, I just wonder sometimes, is that actually how humans are supposed to work? Mm-hmm. In the sense that I feel that sometimes. You know, mm-hmm. Sometimes I might really struggle to even write an email. Yeah. And then other days I could... Oh, this is my level of creativity. <laughs> I, I wouldn't say you're not emails. creative though, because no. you have your own thing. Like you're creative in the way that you. It's different. Express yourself. Um, but with podcasts, it happens the same. Sometimes you get yeah. that rush, and you spend seventeen hours editing a million podcasts and getting all the sounds right and doing a cover and all that stuff. Mm. It comes to you a bit different. Yeah, it really does. Caffe- caffeine helps with that. <laughs> a lot of caffeine and other things help with that. But yeah, like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I guess like, I mean, the other day I was um, just sitting down being like, okay, I'm just going to go to bed. And then I had my little cigarette. And then after that, I was like, oh my God, but what about this harmony? I was like, and then I started recording the harmony. And then it was half two in the morning and I had a whole like introduction interlude to one of my projects that I'm working on finished. Amazing. You know, but like I can't think of that at eight o'clock when I'm having my coffee. I'm still trying to wake up. Yeah. You know, or you can't 
go, okay, I'm sitting down at the table now. I need to be now. I need to be creative. I it wish I could. Like that. I'd be a lot more mentally stable. Yeah, but I don't think it works like that. I don't know how it would work like that for anybody. You talk about comedians who they they say, I just write, and from that then I come back and edit, and maybe I take something else. But it's just mm. writing, you know, and it's just kind of coming out of them. But it's like very formulaic, and it's like at this time, this time, I just write. Yeah. But that's a bit different. I think with music, it's like it has to come from somewhere. Yeah. Where it comes from, who knows? That would be yeah. really interesting to know that, right? Yeah. yeah, I mean, I one of my goals is to also from doing the soldiers thing, turning it into a label someday, into a collective, grow Cubana. I also want to be a ghostwriter, and I want to write for other artists. That's like one of my oh. I'd love to because I feel like there's so many ideas that I have in my head and so many songs that I want to write, but like, I my voice. I have to be honest with myself. My voice doesn't suit. They not all work for yourself. All, all, all genres. Yeah. But they could really work for someone else. Yeah. And in those situations, you're literally put into a room with someone for four hours and you're like, write a song. Yeah. So I've been kind of doing those little sessions just for myself with people. And I kind of like the stress of that, but I have to be around someone else. You know, mm. I can't just sit down by myself and be like, I'm going to do that. Do it if there's other people watching. Yeah. yeah you're Is doing that like an them. extroverted thing? It happens to me as well when I try to do something that I can normally do with other people. If I force myself to do it alone, it's not going to work. Yeah. I'm going to look at my phone and I'm going to ah, eh, it doesn't work. I'm not later. prepared today, later, another day. But then yeah. if there's someone else to make me compliant, it's going to happen. Mm. Yeah. There you go. Mm. Um, I think it depends. I, I think if you really want to do it, if it's something you, sorry, if you have something you enjoy doing. Yeah. I mean, Personally, I can do it by myself, but if it's something I'm like, I don't really like doing, then yeah, I need, I need other people around or I need someone to force me to do it. It's funny, everybody's different though. Yeah. Everybody's different. I think for me, it's just more, if I'm by myself, I um, I think I struggle a lot with, and I think a lot of musicians or creative people do perfectionism. Um, mm. So I will be very nasty to myself sometimes when I'm in a room by myself. I'll be like, this is not good enough. This is whatever. and. You know, I've learned to be less like that, um, but it still happens. I'm working on it. Um, comes and goes. But when I'm in a room with someone else, they will call me out straight away and be like, why are you talking to yourself like that? It's great. Let's move on. Let's yeah. stop taking 50 takes of the same vocal. You're Grant. Yeah. Let's move on. Yeah. You know, whereas by myself, I'd be like four hours and one single vocal take being like, this is not good enough. Yeah. You know, I, it's weird because there's a balance to it, isn't there? Mm -hmm. Like. I I get that sometimes too where pretty much uh, every single podcast I listen to that we, I can't actually listen to it uh, <laughs> but I just can't I can't listen to, to it back and you're like you're it's not even that it's just like oh it's a WhatsApp audio message like is that really me is that I'll be like oh that was a stupid question or why did you take so long to ask that question or you said M but 400 times in the middle of that podcast like there's mm -hmm. so many things going on but at the same time is that not what actually makes it better it might not make you feel better about yourself yeah. but the actual Thing that you're creating might be better because of that because it, for example extent, yeah. but if, yeah. we, if I never had that for example we'd still be recording this on my phone yeah. yeah like there'd be no microphones there'd be no light there'd be like it has slowly gotten better it's yeah. not like but it's, it's hard to find that balance point of being too self-critical and just accepting what you're putting out there I think being critical about yourself is very very important I think important. you need that to progress in your career because it is a very competitive industry um, so I think perfectionism and just wanting to develop yourself like you need to say things that hurt your ego I think we're in a society at the moment I don't even want to get too into it but like we are almost too compliant with ourselves and we're too nice to ourselves and we get a little bit lazy uh, because of it, because of this whole like positivity thing. Toxic positivity Toxic is really bad as well. positivity thing, you know? You need to kind of be like, okay, yeah, well, objectively, I didn't do great, but how am I going to get better? Yeah. yeah. Um, but then sometimes you can do too much of that. So it's yeah. like the balance. Yeah. How do you find that balance though? It's hard. Um, and you learn, like I actually found that when I was younger, uh, sport was a good way to kind of realize how you're um, talking to yourself. I remember playing once a game of when I was living in Spain, I played a paddle. I don't know if you know what that is, but. What's that? Um, it's like tennis, basically. Okay. Tennis for posh people. Tennis, yeah, everyone <laughs> plays it now. Um, everyone. Everyone plays Super it. Super popular in Spain. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's great fun. Mm -hmm. 
anyway, whenever I made a mistake, I always realised, because you play with a partner, and I was like, oh, you fucking prick. You absolute <laughs> fucking dickhead. I can't believe, like, you... And I was kind of saying, I didn't realise, but I was talking out loud to myself, yeah. like, like I'm, I'm just there now, under my breath. And the guy I was playing with was like, man, chill out, like, it's, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a game. But then I was like, would I ever say, imagine he missed a shot, would I ever? Cause every, and then I noticed every time he missed a shot, I was like, all right, man, it's okay. Yeah. You know, <laughs> next time you get the next one. Yeah. And I was like, there's such a contrast. <laughs> like, why I'm talking right? to him and the way I'm talking to myself. Yeah. Um, so I think there's, you have to like, okay, be critical, but no, in, a, in a nice way to yourself. Yeah, in a way like, that's constructive because if you're just telling yourself that you're, you're a prick and you're shit, like, how is that? Like, how, okay, give me a solution. Yeah. Do you know yeah, what I mean? You're shit, stop. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. I, I feel like, yeah, yeah, I do that to myself a lot and I've actually stopped. I remember being in, actually, when I was recording for Shrink, I don't know if Benza even recognises this, like, he's the producer. We were in the, in the room and I was recording I'm so shit I hate this like oh I'm sorry like this is so crap and he was like like you need to stop like mm. this isn't getting you anywhere like yeah I take a few more takes and then that's it you know yeah. um and that really really helped me because I came out of the session being like god it's actually a little bit embarrassing people hearing me speak the way I do to myself because it's a very ugly behavior yeah. as well yeah I never speak like that to anybody yeah yeah I, I if I even by accident, so some of the stuff I say to myself, so someone else, I'd feel horrible. Yeah, yeah. of course. Like, yeah, that's some Karen behavior towards Karen ourselves. Karen behavior <laughs> towards ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Why are you even doing this? <laughs> no, being like, okay, this wasn't too great, but what can I do to make it better next time? And I'll promise myself I'll do my best to do it better next time. That's a good way to have. Yeah, that's a good way to do it. I used to be very socially anxious as well. And every time I'd have a performance in the improv jams, especially, I'd stay in my room for like two days, beating myself up over it. Mm. That doesn't help. Yeah. No, no, definitely not. Um, you said you had a motto earlier on. I think one of the things that helped me was the Samuel Beckett phrase or quote, which is fail better. Mm. You know that thing, ever tried, ever ever, ever tried, ever failed. Ah, oh, fuck, I can't remember. My brain is just not working today. If you don't but, try, you can't fail. Yeah, well, I've just <laughs> fucked up the phrase. Um, but <laughs> the whole sense of it is fail better. So, yeah. okay, it's like, okay, I'm going to do something. It's going to be pretty shit, but maybe I can make it a little bit better than the last time. Yeah. And if you go into it that kind of, expectation for yourself I think that helped me personally help yeah. me start because yeah. you know sometimes starting is the most difficult part and that's where procrastination comes from that's and why a lot of people don't even start because mm. it's so scary it's like taking a risk yeah. of yeah. failing most people are scared of like the. I feel like the two reasons that people kind of I don't know don't do what they really want to do in life is like the feeling of fear of being rejected, fear of failure, and then just being too comfortable with where they are. Yeah, there's that, and as like as you said, doing something that you don't want to do. Sometimes you have to do things that you don't want to do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it might be for actually for the better for you. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think that's so important. You kind of speak about toxic um, positivity and like, always being nice to yourself and like, oh, let's have a break or let's do something nice all the time. I. I do something, I'm back into the routine of it now, but I lost it over the last six months, but eventually got back into it. And it's like, it's very simple, but it's like a cold shower, right? Ooh, and but the me. purpose <laughs> of it is, like you said, <laughs> the most difficult part of that is yeah. before you get in, because you're like, yeah. oh no, this is going to be the one that makes me sick, or whatever, <laughs> all of the little things that go through your head. Yeah. But then you do it, you come out, and you're like, I win. Yeah, you know because just pointing out the shower you lose yeah. mark one shower head zero yeah. no but it's important because yeah. then at the end of it you're like I'm going to do this stuff because I know I always feel good afterwards always you mm-hmm. feel full of energy you feel awake all the rest of it and then it's like I've pushed myself through something that I know is good for me even though I didn't want to do it mm-hmm. yeah. um, it's like starting a workout it's the same thing starting you know you feel good after but get into it Start going to work out, writing a song, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, editing a video, yeah. whatever it is, writing an, an important email to your boss that you're afraid to write. Everybody's afraid to do it. And it's just that kind of the white line fever of all of those things. Yeah. And getting over it is so important. Yeah. I think you have to test yourself at that as a lot. Cold showers, no. <laughs> yeah, maybe not cold showers. But uh, actually, 
swim in the ocean though even if it's cold yeah. i'll do that it's even better for that it's even better. you know because then at least i'm not like in my tile just looking at the tiles i'm like having i can the option. yeah having the option is the one big deterrent for me because if i see that knob and i can turn okay maybe a little bit less, a little bit less cold oh this is perfect and next one i'll do it a little bit more colder that's the white line yeah, yeah, that's, right though. that's good yeah. but back to the point of like doing things that you don't want to do i completely agree with that i feel like we need discipline as humans to function we need routine we need to be flexible but we need routine and we need a bit of discipline with ourselves just because you want to take a day off doesn't mean necessarily you should every day you should take a day off and you should take care of yourself but there are things in life that you're just not going to want to do and you have to do it to get ahead Um, and I find that with music like all the time uh, there was a studio session that I didn't want to do and my whole way over I was like I don't want to do this I don't want to do this I don't want to do this I'm not going to be able to write a song and it's like mm. literally it was all built on fear yeah. um, and then I got in there and like finished a song and start writing another song and I came out and I was like I'm so glad that I just got out of my head for a second and just did the thing I said I was going to do yeah um, and even with like you know like with mental health as well it's like uh, struggling with depression and like mental like I'm sure everybody has gone through a period where they've not been doing so great um but like you don't want to take a shower you don't want to look at yourself in the mirror you don't want to clean your room you don't want to just because you don't want to do the things even if it's really 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 hard and it takes all your energy and it'll take you days to do the thing like wash yourself, look at yourself in the mirror, brush your teeth, you need to do it to break the cycle. Yeah. Um, yeah. Small steps. Just small steps of doing it. Um, yeah. It's okay to not be okay, but it's not okay to not do something about it. Yeah. You know? Very well said. Um, and it, I don't know, I'm just speaking from my own experience of like struggling with it like my whole life. Yeah. Um, it's something that has just kept me going. Yeah. That's brilliant. Yeah. yeah, and important, yeah, and a good message for people to hear. I think. Yeah. Um, I'm also conscious of the fact that you've got a hell of a lot going on, and you're very busy. So I don't want to take too much of your time. That's all right. uh, it's been really, really nice talking to you. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much for letting me ramble on. I don't even know if any of this would be usable, but hundred um, percent. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's been such a pleasure chatting yeah. to you guys. Make me feel so comfortable. I love it.
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.